Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon from Lead Pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. How you feeling today? Great. Great. Is it because North Carolina beat Duke? Is that, is that what it, I knew that's what it was right there. Yeah. I knew, I knew what was going on in those seats. Yeah. Well, great. That's great. Well, that, that question, how you feeling, is important today. Because we're going we're gonna to talk about, um, whoa, 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 feelings. No, I'm not going to sing it. That's when, that's when music was music, right? Yeah. We're going to look at our feelings today. You know, we, we started a series, um, and began, I began laying it out uh, weeks back, and I did not know that, I mean, I knew we were going to be landing here. I knew that I would do the message on feelings after we did the message on thinking. We did that last week. And so this week, it was scheduled to do the message on feelings. What I did not know when I began scheduling this out is that Will Smith was going to give me a living, breathing illustration. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm heartbroken over it, and I hope, hope you are too. I do get that there's some, you know, some humor attached around it. Uh, you know, comedians are having a field day. Um, it's all over social media, news outlets, talk, you know, it's just everywhere. And I'm, I'm not planning to pile on, uh, on to Will Smith. Uh, I, I'm hoping that God's going to use this in a powerful way uh, in, in his life, um, but what it does point out and, and raises up real quickly that all of us should, uh, it should have been like a, a warning shot over our bows, is that we are all susceptible to this. We're all susceptible to having our feelings, our emotions, that part of our soul, those components of our soul to overwhelm us and sometimes control us to a point where we lose control. Our souls need renovating. This component of our feelings need, need renovating. And we have to confess to God that we struggle in this area too. The, the Apostle Paul talked about his struggle in Romans chapter 7. Now normally, if you've got your Bibles, you want to turn there. Normally I read out ESV. Today I'm going NLT. And the reason I'm going to New Living Translation today is because I think it better captures the emotion uh, that Paul's communicating in just a few verses here. Verses, we're going to start in verse 22. And so I want to, want to, want to read this uh, to you. Starting in verse 22, Romans 7. Paul says this, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another law at working, uh, working within me and it is at war with my mind. We'll talk about this in just a second, but remember, um, we're going to go to this diagram. But in our diagram, we said that our thinking and our feeling emanates, they're born out of, out of our mind. So there's this war going on, Paul says. And he says, this, this law wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. You hear the emotion in Paul? What a miserable person that, that I am. Who will set me free from this life dominated by, by sin and be, then these feelings that come with it? Verse 25, thank God. The answer is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
This is the word of the Lord. Now, I want you to look back with me, if you would, at something we've been looking at the last few weeks, this, this graphic from Dr. Dallas Willard. And in it, you see the, the, the integration of the soul and the component parts. And uh, again, let me say this, what, what I'm going to be talking about today is really the, the pulling together of minds that are far smarter than me uh, on this, Dr. Willard, John Ortberg, uh, Rick Warren, uh, so much of what we're going to talk about today, and, and I'm going to talk about today, comes from ha- having read them and learned from them. And I, I, I want to be clear about that, but this, this graphic from Dr. Willard's book, Renovation of the Heart, tells us that our, our soul and these component parts are, are integrated, and one of those component parts are our feelings, our emotions. And the Bible has a lot to say uh, about our feelings and our emotions. Uh, look at this verse out of James chapter 4, verse 1. James writes about this. He says, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Now, it, he's talking to the church. It could be among members of the church, but he could also be talking about within. The, the, these fights that are going on between your, your thinking and your feelings and your, your soul, your heart, your spirit, your body, your relationships. It could be an internal quarrel. It, it says, is it not that your passions are at war within you? First Peter 2, dear friends, I warn you. Peter's saying, I'm warning you about this. Keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. And one of the things we have to be captured by is that our passions and our desires are fuel for our feelings. They fuel our, our emotion. And Paul wrote about how it created this inner war in him. And it was a battle for control of his soul. And we face that, that very battle. Now, I want to give you a, a, another kind of visual today. I'm a, I'm a visual person. I, I, I just think this way. And I want you to, this first image is of this, what looks like an, an unending railroad track. And I want you to just think about that as your kind of being your uh, everlasting life, your eternal life image, which your soul was created for, to exist unceasingly. That's just how God made you. Um, God made everybody that way. Whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, you have an, a, a soul that will never cease to exist. You're, you're going to live on eternally. But I want to pull down, that, that was like the thousand foot view, I want to pull down to the, like the, the, the two foot view and look at a train track for a minute. And you'll notice that there are the two rails and then there are these cross members that hold the, the rails together. And, and for our purposes, I want you to think about that being your soul holding these two rails together. And the first rail that we talk a lot about in church is spiritual maturity. We talk about what's going on in the spirit part of us, at the, at the heart of who we are, where our, where our will and volition it, it kind of exist. And we, we talk about pursuing spiritual maturity a lot. And we do that a, a lot around here. But there's another rail that we need to think an awful lot about, and it's the rail of our emotional maturity our emotional maturity. And remember, we said our, our soul is what kind of pulls these component parts together and, and helps them work together. Now, Dr. Willard has written extensively on uh, how our, our feelings shape our souls. He, he writes this. He says, feelings are a primary blessing and a primary problem for human life. We cannot live without them and we can hardly live with them. He goes on to say that feelings are good servants, but they are horrible horrible masters. And so many of us find ourselves at times mastered by our, our emotions. And, you know, our, our feelings 
can just so often present incredible challenges in our lives. And we need to realize that they're actually central to our spiritual formation. So here's kind of the big idea that I want us to think on today. My spiritual maturity will never, never exceed my emotional maturity. Those, they're going to kind of run along on those rails together. Now, sometimes people can be more emotionally mature than they are spiritually mature. But you will never be more spiritually mature than you are emotionally mature. Because what is really in us spills out when we're bumped. It just, it just comes out. And so we need to think about our emotional maturity in church as much as we need to think about our, our spiritual maturity. And, and, and we need to deal with those things called feelings. Sometimes the ones we need to deal with the most are those feelings that are unwanted. And I think today what I want to do is encourage us to think about doing one thing at four levels, okay? When it comes to our feelings, just doing one thing at four levels. And so here's, here's what it is, is to ask Jesus to help us deal with our feelings. Ask Jesus to help us deal with our feelings. Cindy and I talked about this week, one of, one of our, our regular prayers is Jesus help. If you don't know how to pray that prayer, say it with me. Jesus, help. It is a prayer that I hope you pray regularly. Sometimes you can just end it there, exclamation point. Sometimes you need to go a little further. Today I want us to go a little further, okay? So I want us to look at four kind of areas in our emotions, uh, dealing with our emotions, that we just pray Jesus help. First is, Jesus, help clarify my emotions. Help me clarify what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. If, if you want to deal with your emotions, one of the things you've got to be able to do is identify it. You can't just go through life thinking about, well, they're just vague, you know, there's these feeling things. You've you got to identify it. How many of you have ever been in an emergency room? Okay, been a patient in an emergency room. Okay, one of the first things that they're doing in an ER is they are trying to assess what the problem is. They're trying to identify, clarify what is going on in this person so that I will properly treat it. Because if you misdiagnose it, you're probably going to mistreat it. And that can lead to disaster. Well, the same is true in, with our emotions and our emotional uh, maturity. I, I've told you before that you know, there have been seasons in my life where I have seen a counselor. And, and I recommend that to anybody if you feel like you need it. And one of the things that a counselor will do is a counselor will help you think about what feelings, what emotions you're dealing with. And I remember my first kind of experience with that. The, the counselor was asking me questions about, well, you know, how are you feeling? What, 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 what are you feeling? Um, what, can you describe maybe the last thing you remember, feeling you remember having? And I remember talking about feeling tired. And he kind of smiled and he said, well, Joe, that's not, it's not really a feeling. That's just kind of a, a, a drive. You know, you're, 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 you need some rest. But that's not, you know, sometimes people will talk about, you know, feeling hungry. That, that's not really a feeling. That's a drive. You need, you, you need to eat. And so I, I came to understand that there are times in my life I'm just, I'm not really in touch with my feelings completely. I don't, I, I don't always understand my feelings. And I think that's true for, for so many people. But we need to be able to have them clarified. Um, 
does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been to a counselor and did somebody shake your head yes? Like, you don't know you're away. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, see, the, the truth is you cannot, you'll never change what you aren't able to, to kind of first clarify and, and identify. And, and King David, he, he struggled with his feelings. Psalms are, are full of them. Uh, in, in Psalm chapter 55, David, David expressed it this way in verse 2. He said, my thoughts are restless and I'm confused. So often we find ourselves confused by our feelings. They just kind of confuse our, uh, our thinking. And so we need to ask some questions. One of the questions we need to ask when it comes to our feelings is, what am I really feeling? And to answer that question, you've got to go a little deeper than just kind of the surface. Because your, your immediate response is, well, I'm just kind of feeling discouraged today. Or I'm kind of feeling depressed today. But what's, what's the source of that? What, what's, what's going on underneath that? What's the, what's the real issue that, that's making you feel what you may be thinking of as, as depressed? Did, did an expectation that you had this week not get met? Was somebody critical of your work uh, this week? What, 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 what does that look like? And you need to find what, what was that disappointment? What, what was, because it, it may be that you're... you're feeling of depression is more about frustration or fear or, or, or you're angry about something. So you got to ask the question, what, what, what's the real feeling? What's the real issue that I'm dealing with? So you, you, you have to take a moment to kind of peel things back a little bit like an onion. You know, maybe, maybe it's a, an irritation. Maybe you're finding in a moment that you, you're expressing irritation with a child or your spouse or, you know, whatever, a coworker. And you may need to dig a little deeper to find out that you're not necessarily irritated with them, that something else went on in your day or earlier that week. And you need to ask that question. And, and those are called triggers. What triggered the emotion that you think you're understanding and, and feeling? What, what's going on there? If we were to sit down and, and I were to, to ask you right now, what is, the, what is the emotion that gets you in the most trouble? Could you name it? And is it that emotion or is it something deeper? Is it something underneath that? What's the trigger? Could you name the trigger for that emotion that most often gets you into trouble? You know, can, can you talk about it? One of the ways to, to know if you're more in control of your feelings than your feelings are in control of you is, can you talk about your feelings? Because if you can't talk about it, most likely it's more in control of you than you are of it. And one of the ways you begin to regain control is to be able to have conversation with somebody about what, what you're feeling. You, you need to talk it out. Because if you don't talk it out, you're going to take it out on your, on your body. You're going to beat yourself up. You may not realize it, but that's what, what you're doing. So what, what's the trigger that's causing this, this emotion? It's this, this thing inside of you that causes this mood to just over, overwhelm you. Because it could be something recent, but it could be something way in your past. Way in your past. And so, you know, a trigger could be a smell that was going on when you were traumatized. It could be a, a, the way a person touched you. It could be a certain word. It, it could be a phrase that, that somebody uses or the tone of the voice that that word comes from. And one of the things that, that a trigger can do is it will, it will elicit an emotional response. It'll cause you to, to move in a certain direction uh, rather quickly at times. And you need to, to know what those are. 
what those are. And, and so you need to ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Jesus, help me. Help me clarify what I'm feeling. Another thing that we need to ask Jesus to help us do with our, our feelings is, as they're being clarified is there, there are kind of three more things, kind of what to do with them next. And one of the things we need to ask Jesus is, Jesus, can you help me challenge my feeling to see if it's a legitimate feeling? Do we have any um, worst case scenario people in the house? We had several in the first service. Anybody you're just like, you, you see something, you just go, worst case scenario. I mean, it, that's, that's where your mind goes and your emotions start welling up in you and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, it's not unusual. And we, that, that's one of those areas where we, we need to go to Jesus and, and say, Jesus, help me challenge this thought and this emotion that's springing up from it because it's probably not being rooted in the reality that I actually find myself in. Uh, the, the, the level of emotion that, that's coming out of me may be, may be harmful. You know, David wrote uh, about having to, to challenge his uh, emotions, wrote many psalms, asking God to do that, to actually challenge his, his, his emotions. And he wrote in Psalm 26, he said, God, cross-examine me. Lord, see uh, that this is so. Test my motives and my affections. That word there for affections or emotions. It's kind of the, the, the same word. And so David's saying, God, will you test my motives, which, you know, are, are deep in us. You're triggered sometimes. And God, test my feelings. Help me evaluate what's going on. I, need, I may need you to challenge these in, in me, God. And one of the ways I think the Lord, at least in my life, has most spoken to me here is through another person who knows me, who, know, who can tell when I'm kind of you know, maybe coming off the rails or something, and things seem worse to me than they maybe really are. And so you need friends in your life who know you well enough that not only have you given permission to, but have given invitation to, to say to them, hey, if you see me coming off the rails, if I've gone worst case scenario on you, and it's not that bad, please let me know. People who you give permission to, to challenge, maybe even the way, the level of emotion or the emotion that, that you're currently expressing. If you remember in the book of Job, Job had some friends. Well, one of his friends, a guy by the name of Eliphaz, um, he, he, I need to pause for a second. Did somebody just go out that door back there? You may need to go open the door for them because they can't get out. Just if somebody would go open the door, <laughs> that goes into a, a wall. Really? Okay, never mind. That's a false emotion. It wasn't rooted in reality. <laughs> so there you have it. Message is over. Go home. No. Uh, <laughs> the, um, now, now I'm curious about how they got out. But anyway, okay, I'm back. But Eliphaz, he, Job has his friend Eliphaz, who tells him the truth about his feelings. He asks him this question uh, in, in Job 15. He says, why do you let your emotions take over? You're lashing out. You're spitting fire. You're pitting your whole being against God. Why are you going there? Why, why are, is your emotional level so crazy intense right now, Job? I don't think you're dealing with reality is what he's saying. He's just saying, dude, you're coming off the rails. Let's think about this. Let's talk about this. Why are you so, why are you so angry? 
Now, we need to have people who will do that for us out of love. It is a, it is a loving thing to do, to be able to speak this way to somebody. And, and we all need people in our lives who we've given invitation to help us, one, one or two, maybe three people who, who can do that. And, and they need to be asking a couple questions. They need to be asking questions like, help me understand the real reason you're feeling the way you're feeling. Can you help me understand that what, what the reason is, what's going on? The second question maybe is, you know, is, is what you're feeling right now really rooted in truth? Like right then, I had a feeling of fear for that person being trapped, and it wasn't rooted in truth. They got out, you know? The, 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 we, need, we need to ask the question, is it, is it rooted in truth, you know? Uh, how many of you remember the story about Elijah who got all upset and worked up. Uh, he ran out into the, to the wilderness. He prayed to God, God, kill me. And part of his prayer, he was grumbling to God. He was, he, he was just kind of complaining. And he says, God, I'm the only one left in the entire nation who's seeking you, who's following you, who's speaking the truth about you. And God said, dude, you're wrong. You're coming off the rails. There, there, are, there are hundreds there are hundreds waiting, hundred other prophets that are waiting to proclaim my glory and my greatness. So he wasn't rooted in truth. We need to have people who will ask us, why, what's going on there? What's the real reason that you're, you're, you're feeling this way? Because it's harming you. And which leads to another question that we need to have somebody ask us. Is the feeling that I'm currently living out, is it helping me or harming me? Is it helping or, or, or is, it, is it harmful? Because sometimes one of the easiest ways to get somebody to kind of shift gears on their feelings is to help them see that what they're feeling right now is destructive, that it's actually causing more damage to relationships or to their own soul. Is it helping? How many of you have ever eaten at a restaurant where the service was slower than you desired? You ever been in a setting in a restaurant where you were, you were there first and you were seated at your table and somebody else came in 10 minutes after you and got seated and their server came back and took their order? Nobody's came and took your order. And so 10, 20 more minutes go by. Nobody's been to take your order. They get their food. Now, what's going on inside of you right now? Are, are you happy? Is that the emotion you're feeling? Probably not. I mean, you may, you may be thinking, this is injustice. I have, this, I have righteous indignation right here. Well, maybe. But more than likely, you dig down deeper. The issue is you're hungry. You, you showed up hungry, and now you've gone from hungry to hangry. You know, because you're, you're, you're seeing injustice and your hunger's diving deeper and, you know, and it just, it rolls off. Now, here's the question. Do you blow up at your server? Because is, God, is that going to help your cause? Now, now maybe, it, maybe you may need to ask for a manager and just say, hey, I, if you could help me understand, is somebody assigned to my table? But our tendency is to kind of blow up at the server, and then if you're smart and you've blown up at your server, you probably need to know you just need to go ahead and leave because you don't want to eat that food. Okay, there's danger, warning there, okay? 
Um, I mean, because you're thinking it already. And, and so you, you're, you're not going to accomplish your mission by blowing up and letting the, that feeling kind of run away from you. You're not going to get better service by going all postal in, in an environment like that. You know, that's why so many people who deal with tense situations are trained in uh, skills of de-escalation. You know, one of the things that police are, are trained in because they get put in so many crisis situations is how to, 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 you know, the natural thing when you're in a crisis situation is to raise your voice. But when you raise your voice, you escalate what's going on. You escalate the crisis. To, to de-escalate, you just need to take a, a, a more calmer tone. You need to speak very clearly. You need to focus on what the real issue is to, to help the situation de-escalate. And we need people in our lives that can help us de-escalate. And God will speak that kind of de-escalation into our souls when it comes to our, our feelings. So we need to be asking the, feel, the question of, of Jesus. Jesus, help me see where I even need to just challenge. Is this, is this legitimate for me to be feeling this worst case scenario deal and all the feelings that come, come with it? And then maybe one of the things that we need to ask Jesus to help us with is to change our feeling. Just, just change it. You know, last week we talked about renovating our thinking. Here we need to, we need to think about renovating our, our emotions, uh, our feelings. Because if, if we want to find success in life and success in relationships and things, find health, we can't let our, our moods be our master. It, it'll destroy us. There's another way to think about this. So often we think that the people with the highest IQs are the people that succeed you know, in life and vocation and those kinds of things. And scientific studies have come back and said, that's not actually the biggest determining factor. Emotional intelligence is, much more so. So it's your emotional quotient that gets you farther than your, your, your intelligence quotient does. And that's why the Bible talks to us about, about our emotions and our attitudes so much. Paul writes to the church at Philippi in chapter two, and he says, you should have this attitude in yourself, which was in Christ. You should have this kind of uh, uh, emotional base, if you would, as, as in Christ, because your attitude includes your emotions. So one of the things we need to, to ask ourselves is, if Jesus were in my situation right now, what would he be dealing with emotionally? Because Jesus had emotions. Jesus got angry. Jesus was sad. He wept. Jesus, Jesus had, the, the only reason you and I have emotions is because Jesus, God has emotions. That's why we have them. But we've got to figure out, what do I do with them? How do I live in the kingdom of God with the emotions that I, I currently have? And I need, to, I need Jesus to help me. Know if I need to challenge it or if I need to, to change it. So if I'm, if I'm having this feeling, can I identify with Jesus in it somewhere? And if I can't, then I need to think about changing that feeling. For instance, would Jesus, would Jesus entertain pride? Would Jesus entertain envy? Would Jesus tolerate bitterness in his own life? Would he, would he tolerate himself being enraged for no apparent reason? And if he wouldn't, then we need to ask ourselves, Jesus, I, I want your attitude. Help me find your attitude. Fourth thing that we may need to ask Jesus to help us with when it comes to our feelings and our emotions is not always do we need to lose the emotion. 
It doesn't always need to be completely changed. Uh, sometimes it just needs to be re refocused, channeled, rechanneled. So I, I need to ask Jesus, when I'm feeling this, is it kind of a legitimate thing, and I just need to turn it in a different direction? And so I'm talking about using, using maybe this emotion for good. We had a, a, a funeral here yesterday for Jim Chandler. Um, Jim's a, just a sweet, sweetheart man of God. He uh, was 90 years old, and uh, he literally uh, walked to his bed. His, his daughter and son were with him, and um, he'd been kind of dwindling in health and failing and had stopped eating and really even stopped drinking. And they were with him that night. Uh, they prayed together with him that night. And uh, Jim's son had actually shown up that day. He hadn't seen his son in a while. And Kim, his daughter, said, I think you need to come. And so he saw his son and laid down to sleep and woke up in heaven. And um, that's the way I want to go, you know, um, if the Lord would be gracious in that way. But one of the things I, I said yesterday, and I say at most every funeral, is that there are feelings that you're having. And some of them uh, are going to be painful. But maybe you can use them for good. Like, for instance, if you're, if you're feeling regret, if you've ever felt regret because somebody passed and you think, I should have said something to them. I should have visited them. I should have done something for them. Well, you can live in that regret or you could rechannel that regret into action. You could turn it into action with people who are still alive. And you could say, Jesus, help me rechannel this. Who do I need to go visit? Who do I need to call? Who do I need to have a, a conversation with to tell them how much they mean in my life and how much I love them and how much I thank God for them? That's a rechanneling. And there are different ways to, to, to rechannel. You, 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 could, you could experience an injustice personally and become a champion for justice for others. There's all kinds of different ways to, to, to rechannel a feeling. And so you may need to ask Jesus to, to help you re, rechannel, help me make sense, help me understand here. See, the, your, your feelings are from God. For instance, the, the Bible tells us to be angry, but to do it without sin. Anger can be a good emotion sometimes to move us to do something righteous. Now, here's, here's the problem. For most of us, anger becomes unrighteous. It becomes unrighteous. And so we think all anger is bad, but it's not. You know, if someone were harming my wife, Kathy, or our kids or our grandkids, love would require that I get angry about it. It would be, it would be a response to actual love. And God gets angry. God gets angry when people are abused and taken advantage of, misused. God, God is angry at sin and injustice and, and evil in our world. And we should be too. And so we re need to rechannel those, those emotions. You know, one of the things that God can use in our lives is our pain. And he can use the, some of the greatest pain that we have experienced in our lives to help us find our greatest ministry. I think about John Baker who battled, he was a, he was a Christ follower who battled alcoholism and he watched Celebrate Recovery. And because of that, Thousands of people all around the world have found healing and hope in their addictions through Jesus. 
found, been, been set free from those things. Our greatest ministry can often come out of our greatest pain. If we'll turn to God and say, Jesus, help me rechannel this. In Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah were giving these words from God. And he says this, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, you will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. See, th- th- this verse also kind of points out, you, you're not going to change direction. You're not going to rechannel. Uh, you're, you're not going to do anything with your emotions by your own will. You need the help of God. You can't force by sheer willpower and an emotional change. It doesn't work that way. God says it will happen by my spirit, by, by, by my power. So how, how does that come about? Well, it comes about through a relationship with the Holy Spirit to, to transform you from the inside out. And so I want to close by giving you three, what I call, breath prayers. And I would encourage you to pray these every day, every morning for the next six weeks before you get out of bed. Have any of y'all watched the, the, the live stream series, um, The Chosen? Anybody seen The, the Chosen? Do, do you recall that, and if you haven't, I would encourage you to. If, um, do you recall that uh, most often when you see scenes of them kind of Jesus does this and his disciples are doing it too. When Jesus wakes up in the morning, the disciples wake up in the morning, one of the first things they do before they move, you know, they they may sit on the edge of their bed, but before they move, they pray. They praise God, they thank God, they acknowledge God, they ask for God's help. I want to encourage you for the next six weeks, especially if you have found that your emotions are controlling more of your soul than you want them to, to just pray these three breath prayers um, every morning uh, for the next couple of weeks and see what God might do. Here's the first one. The first one is simply this. God, fill me with your spirit. God, fill me with your spirit. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Now, there's an addendum attached to that arrangement, okay? And the addendum is this. You got to be willing to empty yourself first. So whatever you're filled up with with yourself, if it's pride, you gotta, you got to empty it first. You got to be willing to do that so the Holy Spirit can come in and fill. But just pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. You know, Zechariah, the prophet, spoke God's word. It's not going to be by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And when the Holy Spirit comes in, the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 that he brings into us some incredible fruit, the outpouring of his presence we experience these things. We experience love. That becomes an emotion. We experience joy. We experience peace. And I don't know about you, but man, I, I'm thinking I could just stop there with the big three. You know, just, just stop there. That would be, man, just being able to live in, in love and joy and peace constantly. But there are nine more. I mean, there are nine total that are, are, are given here. The next one is patience. Anybody need any of that? Maybe on actually frustrate, you know, or the interstate or just wherever you happen to be. What about kindness? Man, one of the ways that you know you're growing in spiritual maturity is when you find yourself being kinder more consistently to people. 
People that you're currently not so kind to, you find yourself growing in kindness. That's a fruit of the Spirit. And that means that you're growing spiritually and emotionally. And then there's goodness and faithfulness. Gentleness is like kindness. If you're seeing that growing, if you're seeing these things growing in your life, then you can know that you're growing emotionally mature and you're growing spiritually mature. You're growing in the Spirit. And then there's that last one, self-control. Self-control, which is really about spirit control, giving God control. That's what it's about. Less of self and and more of God. Now, now so often when we think about saying, God, I want want you to be in control, what what we think that people are talking about when, when somebody says, yeah, you need to let God be in control of your life, that what that means is you need to become a religious nut. And that's not what it's talking about. It literally means that you would become more filled with God in your life. You would experience more uh, of the grace of God. You would see more of the Holy Spirit controlling you. It, it would be a good thing if, if you were filled, if I were filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, generosity, self-control. If, if, that's what the, that, if that's what we would see coming out of us when we get pressured you know, from the outside. Survey, how many of you squeezed a toothpaste tube today? A couple more hands I really hope will go up or, you know, or we're going to pass out masks for you just for that reason. Those of you who did squeeze a tube today, how many of you had peanut butter come out? Nobody? Nobody? How about axle grease? <laughs> the, the car guy over here, Strom Alvin, raised his hand. We, no, we didn't. What came out was toothpaste because that's what that tube was filled with. What comes out of you when you get squeezed? What, what is it? What, what, what comes out of you when the, when the pressure's on because whatever comes out is what you, you're full of, what, what I'm full of. And we need to ask the Spirit, I want to be filled with you. Fill me, Spirit. Second, just phrase prayer, breath prayer to pray. Fill me, Spirit, and then, Spirit, manage my mouth. Manage my mouth. Help me manage my mouth. Control my words. Control my words. You knew we were going to get to this one, but I, we, we just, we all need to get up in the morning and say, God, would you please put a zipper on my mouth? And in our culture today, that, that means we also need to be praying, God, would you patrol my posts and would you tame my tweets? Because we communicate electronically, a lot of us do more than we do verbally. And we need to ask for the same control there maybe more so than we do with, with our mouths. But the, the Bible has a lot to say about the use of, of our words. Proverbs 10 tells us that the, the more words we use, the more likely we get led into sin. Proverbs 13 says this, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. I love the way the Living Bible translates that verse. It says self-control means controlling the tongue. A quick retort can ruin everything. Ask Will Smith. 
I mean, he's come to ruin in so many ways in his life right now because he just kind of jumped into action and he said some things and he did some things. You know, in, in the book of James, there's a whole chapter in the book of James. It's a short book, really. And a whole chapter is pretty much dedicated to our words. Gary Owens isn't here right now, but he was in the first service. Gary Owens is actually leading a Bible study. It's kind of an online live streaming, live streaming Bible study that you can share in, um, in through the book of James. And it's not too late to get in on it. I asked him that today. So you, you can go on to uh, Realm and look for how to connect there. But the book of James gives this beautiful illustration of this ginormous ship that's being controlled by a little rudder, and it says your tongue's just like that. That your tongue is the thing that really can determine the direction of your life and whether your life is going to head in the direction of being a blessing to others or, or a curse. That, that thing called your tongue. So we, we, we just need to, to say, God, when it comes to our words, would you rule over them? Would you help me, God? Spirit, fill me. Help me manage my, my mouth, my words. And then the last prayer would be this, God, make, make my word your word. Make, make my words your word, God. That, that's what I'm asking, God. Make, make, and now, now this means that you're going to have to spend some time in his word. And you need to find ways to do that that can work for you. But part of the thing that you gotta do is you gotta work at it. If you want his word to become your words, you gotta work at it. And that means, you know, I know some of you are saying you can't memorize, you can. If you can worry, you can memorize. And I know some of you are excellent worriers, okay? If you can worry, because that's all it is, is just kind of meditating on something, you, you, can, you can memorize, you can meditate on God's word. I, I have a little app on my phone that I use uh, to help me with scripture memory. And it's called Remember Me. You can download different apps to your phone. I'm an Android guy, so that I don't know whether they have that in, in that other heathen store that, that all y'all got. No, I'm kidding. The, um, I, I, but they're there. You can get help doing this. It, but if you want to, to make his word your words, it'll help guard you in, 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 in managing your mouth. It'll be a great tool for that. So just pray, God, help me. Help, help me. help me do that. Many of you are familiar with Psalm 119, verse 11, that says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. One of the ways, one of the great pathways for us to get into sin is through our words and through our emotions that cause us to blurt out words. That's, that's one of the reasons why I, even, I regularly pray what I prayed this morning for myself before I come out here. God, would you, would you just let the words of my mouth and the things that I've been thinking about, your things, God, would, you, would, would they be acceptable to you first of all and would they somehow bless others? See, there's this huge connection between what's going on in us internally and what comes out of us in, in all of our relationships. And so if we got bitterness there, if we've got worry there, if we're primary operating out of pride or arrogance or hurt, then that's what's going to keep coming out of us. And what we, what we are desperate for is a renovation, a renovation of our feelings, a renovation of our souls, a renovation of our hearts. And that means there's got to be this transplanting that takes place, a, kind of a heart transplant to, where we get a new heart. We ask God to help 
redirect these things in our lives. Let's pray together about this this morning. Father, we, we come as we've kind of sat before your word and Lord, I think about the great apostle Paul who, who through an emotional expression talked about his own battle with sin and the way it expressed itself emotionally in him. And I know in my own life, Lord, this is just an area that I constantly need your help in. I need your help with my feelings, Lord, so they don't, they don't find that they're ruling me. And Lord, I think that's true for all of us. And so we come, God, asking for a renovation. So Lord, we, we pray that, uh, God, you would even help us. Some of us may be so confused about what we're feeling these days. Lord, I think, especially over the last two years, God, our feelings have been all over the map, up and down. And we may need you to clarify what we're feeling right now because sometimes they just get all bum-fuzzled together. And Lord, we just need your help. Could you come and clarify? Or maybe, God, what we need right now today is we need you to challenge our feelings and point out, Lord, is there, is there something that we're just not believing about reality and it's causing us to live off the rails living out worst-case scenarios that don't even exist for our lives. Or maybe there's something, God, that we need to change, or, or maybe, God, you just want to re, refocus it, re, re-channel it, send it in a different direction, and use it for your glory. So, God, we come asking for your help here. We need you, God, because we want, we want to grow in our spiritual maturity, and so we know we've got to grow in our emotional maturity. And we need your help, oh God. And so maybe we just start right now this morning by saying, Spirit, fill me. Show me what I need to empty myself of so you can have more space in my life. Maybe it's pride or anger or fear or or arrogance. Maybe it's a hurt that's created a bitter root and and you, you won't let it go. Holy Spirit, show me so I can name it and confess it and ask you to heal it so that I can be filled by you. And then you could help me by infusing your love, joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness. Let, let, let kindness come out of my mouth and gentleness. Let me speak peace. Let me bring joy instead of sucking the joy out of people's lives. Fill me, Spirit, so that what comes out of me will be from you. So that my words, no matter how I communicate them, will be from your word, oh God. Maybe you're here today, I don't know. But maybe you're here today and that thought of a heart transplant is what you need. That's what the Holy Spirit just grabbed you about. That you need a whole new heart. And Jesus has said that anyone who calls on his name, who calls out to him, realizing that that your life is damaged and marred by your sin, by that condition, and you've been separated from God. And you want God. you're, You're crying out for God to make a difference in your life right now, in your relationships. Well, it may start with His Son, Jesus. Have you trusted Jesus with your life, with your eternal soul? Have you trusted Him with that, with your mind? with your emotions, with all of who you are? Have you said, Jesus, I realize I, 
I am filled with sin and it's separated me from you and it's wrecked my emotions and my relationship and my own heart. Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I need you, Jesus. I, I, I reject, I repent, I, I, I turn from trying to do it my own way. And I come to you, Jesus, saying, I need your help. Help me, Jesus. Help me. And Jesus has promised that anybody who calls on his name from a heart like that will be saved. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a, a new hope for being in control of your emotions instead of them controlling you. But most of us here just need, we need to rethink where we're at. We need to say, I just need a refreshing, a refilling of your spirit. Oh God, fill me. Lead me. I'm coming now, God, back to you. And I'm coming, God, with a heart to praise you. Because I know if I ask and I will walk with you, you'll do it. And you'll give me joy. You'll give me joy and power that I didn't have. And so I come in this moment, God, to praise you. Jesus, receive our praise. Help us and receive our praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen.